reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we have our final mailbag of the 2021 New York Giants season. Getting a little emotional. Friday's show, I'm going to get emotional. This one, it's like, you know, we do a very good job. Our, we For our own sanity, we don't do a lot of mailbags in the offseason, because then we'd be answering the same questions over and over type thing. You know, we try and hit a different topic on every, on every podcast. Um... And I think that makes the mailbags that we do do in the offseason better. So, Justin, how are you feeling about this last mailbag pod of the year? Yeah. Mailbag pod kind of dropped right in the middle of the week. I'm going to be honest. It was the episodes and the weekly, I guess, series, if you want to call it, the series that I enjoyed the most. I think we honestly had our best conversations about the Giants. You know, you have a few days to debrief after the most likely the loss that just occurred. Uh, where you're not giving instant reaction, where you're just like, F this, or we're over-celebrating. So, I really enjoyed these mailbag shows, and I appreciate everybody that listens every single week. So, Bobby Skinner, we got some things to talk about, but I'm ready to rock and roll. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right, you know, realizing that we, uh, we've we got one game left, a few more days left. And that one game left, Justin, we got some news before we get into the mailbag. Mike Glennon hurt his uh, wrist. He's uh, having surgery on it, ending the season. Jake Fromm will be the starter. Which I just don't care at this point, you know, about that. But what I do care is about Mike Glennon takes and backup QB takes. And we have a backup QB question. And I do think the Giants should take the backup QB spot a little more serious than they had this year, you know. Um, but I did a comparison. Like, I was like, let me look at, like, you know, Colt McCoy versus Mike Glennon. You know, because I think if we if we brought back Colt McCoy, we'd be having this a very similar conversation. Now, I do think Colt McCoy would be better right now than Mike Lennon because I think he's less turnover prone and he'll get the ball out quicker. But it's just, I really think Mike Lennon was going to be an upgrade over Colt McCoy. And honestly, I'm not even sure that that's wrong to say, Justin. I mean, look at, this is how bad this Giants offense is. Mike Lennon, as a Giant versus uh, his uh, with other teams. This year, with the Giants, 53.9 completion percentage. Other teams, 61.1. Yards per attempt, 4.7. Other teams, 6.4. Touchdown percentage, 2.4. Other teams, 4.3%. Interception percentage, 6.0. Interceptions with the other teams, 2.5%. And Justin, not only was that like better, like worse than his career, it, every single one of those stats is worse than every single season he's ever had. You know, he's never had a single season to where he was worse in those major categories um, as a quarterback. And, you know, in comparing like comparing him like this year versus Mike, Lynn, uh, you know, or sorry, uh, with the Jags last year versus uh, Colt McCoy, his stats are better. He completed, he completed, you know, a one sixty-two percent to 60.6%. Uh, More yards per attempt, a higher touchdown uh, percentage by over double, you know. Um, the interception rate was higher. Their QB, the QBR was higher. You know, they lost, you know, the Jaguars, the Jaguars are the only team that has a worse offense than the Giants right now by a, by a point and a half too, which is a pretty wide margin to be between (laughs) 32nd and 31st, you know? So like, it's not like he was with, you know, the Cardinals, like Colt McCoy's with the Cardinals right now, you know, and they lost to the Browns 25, 27, the Vikings 24, 27. Uh, the Titans 10-31, Bears 17-41, Colts 14-28. So, it's just, it's just frustrating that it's like, it, we took a bad QB and made him the worst quarterback to like play in the last five years. Like that's so frustrating where the Giants are, where it's bad wide receiver group with guys injured, the offensive line already not being good, but banged up. 
Like, isn't it sad that how we talked about how the offensive line was bad last year and there was literally four better players than what we have right now? Now, that's mostly due to injury. You know, but Shane Lemieux is better than Matt Skura. Nick Gates is way better than Billy Price. Kevin Zeitler is way better than Will Hernandez. And Cam Fleming's better than Nate Solder. And Andrew Thomas was playing good at this time last year. You look at Colt McCoy's games, those were two of Andrew Thomas's and the offensive line as a whole's best games. You know, the Seahawks and the Browns. You know, the, the only game that I think was better than the Seahawks game for the offensive line as a whole was the Bengals game. Um, you know, and look and look at those games with Colt McCoy. They average 11.5 points per game. And we want to talk about garbage time touchdowns with Mike Lennon. Let's talk about actual touchdowns with Colt McCoy. They put 14 of the 23 total Colt McCoy points. He threw it were, was made on two drives where he completed two passes for nine yards. One three-yard pass to the Caden Smith and one wide-open Alfred Morris for a touchdown. So it's, it's frustrating. I do think the Giants should make their backup QB a little bit more of a priority next year. Not even as even as money, just style, and which we're going to talk about. But it's frustrating that Mike Glennon isn't as bad as he's been with these New York Giants. And I just did five minutes on Mike Glennon, who's never going to uh, slate, suit up for the New York Giants again. Is it bad on a response? Why am I fired up about this? I don't know why I'm fired up about this, but I am. For some reason, I'm just fired up about this, and it, it's so stupid to be no, there, mad about this No, there are some right things that, you know... And I, we have to tell each other this uh, sometimes. Where don't get no, you're not you're not fired up. You you just you had a very well thought out and a lot of stats and a lot of numbers thrown in there. Uh, very very well thought out explanation as to why you know Mike Lennon is bad number one, but also number two. People overrating Colt McCoy. Not not give, not saying Mike Lennon isn't as bad as people think because he is bad, but just overrating Colt McCoy. But uh, to be honest, I just I don't have a big response to it, Bobby. <laughs> and you're muted. You're muted. Damn it. Yep, it's definitely, it's a reaction to the, the Colt McCoy text. Because, like, his Browns game was twice as good, even though they only scored 16 po- or six points in that game. It was twice as good as the Seahawks game. And uh, I put out a poll saying, like, at the time, did you think Mike Lennon was an upgrade over Colt McCoy? People and were seven, not honest about that. 77. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a you know a handful of people like there was some people who were like no I sincerely like did you know but I actually went and responded to like some guy was like anyone who said uh, yes is on drugs and I just searched their name in Glennon and at first it's like wow we got a quality backup and uh, look at like, that <laughs> I was like well you're lying and, and I you know I did a couple well I wasn't gonna you know screenshot them because who cares um, yeah I'm gonna save my backup QB takes it's literally our second question I'm gonna save the backup QB takes for that question okay okay and then isaiah wilson was uh way cut from the practice squad honestly i don't have many takes it was always a kind of a shot in the dark it was a not even low risk no risk uh mid a somewhat mid reward uh with him it didn't work out they're not going to sign him to a futures deal uh and i think part of this even is yeah would they would they bring maybe a similar but a little bit better player into camp like Isaiah Wilson next year? But if Isaiah Wilson goes out and gets arrested, they don't want to deal with that. Like they're not going to be able to watch True. over him, watch over him for the offseason. They've been they've had been able to watch over him for the most part um, these past couple these you know past two three months. They can't do that. They haven't seen growth. He is out partying still, so they they waived him. So I, I just don't really have any opinions on it to be honest. Yeah, we tried to, whenever it kind of came up, didn't come up often, even though we were asked about it often, but, you know, if you're an in-tune, keen listener, we, we told you that there was a lot of things that he needed to work on besides his weight. <laughs> there was a lot of things that he needed to work on in his life, you know, something that we heard. And um, clearly, if you're getting cut by this Giants team with this 2021 Giants offensive line, and if you're getting cut... Before the season ends, I think that says more about Isaiah Wilson than it does the Giants. Yeah, so it's uh good luck. Yeah, see ya. You're never gonna get another NFL shot. So hope you fix your life, whatever you're doing, my man. This episode, before we get into the mailbag, was brought to you by some special people. We got Mark Breer, who's been a long time listener. At oh, one yes. point, remember at one point, Mark's son was like two or three and zero, oh, like as a as a Giants fan when uh, Mark's son was born. Yes. Um, Mark's son's probably pretty miserable right now. We got Miguel Agu- um, Aguiar. Aguiar. I can't believe I got that wrong. I should know better. 
Come I on. should freak. I, of all people, should know better. Watson Graves, who's actually in Alabama, where we're going to be in like a month, which I'm really looking forward to that trip, honestly. We got Kevin Miller, just the Kevster. He's Kevin and Miller. Um, I'm, I like him a lot more than Kevin Abrams. And then Jeff G, who's been a longtime uh, listener and supporter. Justin, who are these longtime Alabama, some from Canada, people with kids that were at one time undefeated, better than Kevin Abrams, longtime listeners and supporters? We had a nice conversation about Alabama today about some things that we have planned and some things that we're going to be doing. So that's coming to form. Uh, Mark Breer and Jeff G, if, if 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 it's the same Jeff G that I'm thinking of, have been very long-time followers. Very, very funny people, too. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. So thank you to our most recent patrons for sponsoring today's show. If you want to sponsor a show, plus get some magnets, plus be entered into some, some shirt raffles, plus get some other stuff, plus watch us live as we record. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants, $2 a month, plus some other tiers. Thank you to our patrons. All right, one last time for the Giants season. Take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. Speaking of Jeff G, Jeff G brings us our first question at jgrek15. I know it's a good laugh against judges' comments on players wanting to come back, but in all seriousness, Wayne Gallman could easily have been that player that reached out. I'm in a weird spot with Judge where there's things that I want to defend him on, but also it's like I think he should be fired. It's 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 a weird it's a weird spot I'm in with him, you know, where in 2019, I was very clearly like, you need to either fire Gettleman or Shermer or keep both of them, um, but don't do one or the other. Like, where with Judge, there's, there's things I like, I, I want to defend him on, and some of these things are from this this press conference. So, but I also have some negative takes takeaways from this press conference too, because I don't think this is just some throwaway press conference. Do you want no. me to go with what I think is negative or good or? Or I want to push back and defend him on first. Well, can I? I I, I need to give one of my thoughts on the press conference because I I rewatched that two minute clip where it was him ranting and blah 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 player coming back uh, golf club whatever. So I rewatched it and at the time on Sunday, you called me in the middle of his presser, so I'm partially blaming you. And then number two, the Giants Giants.com was like skipping whether that was just connection issues or they were doing it intentionally. Um. I'm using the word pathetic in a very respectful sense because I'm not calling Joe Judge pathetic, but that was a very pathetic two-minute plea with that question and that response. I was like, I watched it a second time, and I and I was like, ooh, I feel very uncomfortable. And I usually don't care about what coaches say, but I did feel uncomfortable by the aggression that he took with that two-minute plea. I didn't think it was as fired up as other people. It kind of just seemed like it was Joe Judge talking the way he would talk to it was still, I still felt weird about it. I'm like, oh, like he's usually aggressive and firm, but that wasn't him. That was different. But again, I don't really care about it though. I, I don't, I don't care, but I, I, I rewatched it and it, oh, felt, felt bad. Didn't feel good. So since you're saying negative things, I'll go with the two negative things I have from it. There you go. The shot at the former coaching staff with Pat Shermer. Not only was like, man, there's no, there's no need to do that, you know. Even which even was if, what? E- even if that stuff was true, it, it wasn't. Would, they're saying that the the other team, the last te- you know regime, like everyone quit. They didn't care. Their golf clubs in front of the locker room, which is which is a true story. Which is a true story. People calling like, like that's a goal. That was a golden take thing. Oh, okay. So Dan Orvlowski saying that's not true. Like it is true. Like and you could have looked at any of the beat reporters. They they even confirmed that. But at the same time, Pat Shermer's team didn't really quit on him, unless you want to say Janoris Jenkins did. I mean, that team went two and one. That team scored thirty six and forty one points in two of their last three games. Something that you've never been able to do as a head coach. You've never been able to hit the thirty point mark, and he hit six more and eleven more in two of those last three games that you claim quit. So don't give me the crap that oh those last team quit because no, this they did team. Not. I don't think this New York Giants team has quit on him. Uh, they just suck. But like, don't give me like 
if any team it looks like they quit, it looks like your team quit because you just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and are like, you know what? Let's just get out of this game without having you know ten turnovers compared to the six or whatever it was. So that's what kind of what irked me a little bit. It's like don't don't throw shade at that coaching staff that actually and was competitive in the week seventeen game with the Eagles. It was tied up in the second half at one point. I it was believe. a very competitive game. Yeah, like the final score, thirty four seventeen, doesn't tell the story of that game. It was close. It was close. And the other thing is, you know, I watched the or- Dan Orlovsky and, and uh, Ryan Clark thing, and Ryan Clark calling him a liar is totally out of line because he didn't say anything that was a lie. Maybe he exaggerated some stuff, but he didn't say anything that was a lie. But Ryan Clark's best point was this: was it sounded like don't judge me on the things you're supposed to judge me on. Judge me on the stuff that you can't measure, like culture and what we're doing behind the scenes and players wanting to come back and players wanting you know, to come back through free agency or former free. Judge me off of the stuff that you can't. So that's where I agree with Ryan Clark. I think Ryan yeah. Clark made a great point on that. It's like that sounded like someone that didn't want that wanted to take take the eyes off of off of what we're supposed to judge coaches on. Yeah, every single reason for why. I've said that Joe Judge is going to be brought back or every single reason for Joe Judge should be brought back. It is something that I legitimately can't see or can't confirm. Not every, but like, you know, like the defense. Besides and, besides the Garrett thing. Besides yeah, Garrett. And then, and, so it's not, it's not everything. But at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. And it's about handling your coaching staff, especially when you're not a coordinator uh, you're not you're not a play call on either side of the ball like Joe Judge, you know. So like you should should have more of that. Now at the same time, is he fi- maybe fighting uh, battles behind the scenes because the mayors are a bunch of screw ups? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, it's like at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. But here's where I got annoyed was people like Mitchell Swartz and stuff calling Joe Judge just a flat out liar for his story about hey, like we th- I thought I was gonna get fired in the middle of the 2018 season, and then and I was like, man, that that story sounds familiar. And then our guy, NYGXOS, who's a great follow, like went and found the clip from Sean McVay's podcast where he talked about, hey, like, you know, like in, in the middle of the season, he came and th- Bill Belichick threatened my job. And like, obviously, Joe Judge wasn't dumb enough to say that Bill Belichick. How did big people actually think that when Joe Judge said like, or when when people were talking about that, Joe Judge said, oh, the coaching staff is going to get fired in 2018. How did people think that Bill Belichick was going to be involved in that firing? That's what people made it seem like. No. No. Well, there is one line in there that would make you kind of like pop out where it says, like, we thought we weren't going to make the playoffs, where you look at halfway through the season, they were six and two. But they did start the season one and two. And he could have said, like, hey, at one point, we didn't think we were going to make the playoffs. And then my job, you know, was was threatened, you know. And then they had that, you know, game where they had two touchdowns on special teams type thing. So, like, that frustrated me. And not what only frustrated me is I saw people tagging Mitchell Schwartz in it and not walking it back, you know. Like, I had a tweet that would have went viral on Sunday, and most people wouldn't have questioned it, but I deleted it. Like, like walk, walk when you're wrong, say you're wrong. Especially when you go so freaking hard. Like, what is it about the Schwartz family that has the strongest opinions on, like, a sliver of evidence and isn't able to admit that they're wrong? So that bothered me. The idea that, like, oh, he's just making up that guys are calling him. Now, I do think he exaggerated, like, you know, call me twice a week, begging to come back. Like, I... I I bet you there's free agents in the bit or former free agents who, like we said on Sunday, on Sunday when this hadn't blown up quite yet, saying like, "Yeah, can we see Dalvin, you know, calling up Joe Judge and talking to him and being like, man, miss it there,' you know, we like that make that can make sense and like Jeff G, it could have been Wayne Gallman, although I don't think it was Wayne Gallman to be honest. Um, you know, it definitely wasn't Kevin Zeitler. If it, I know, we know that for a fact, or mm-hmm. it could have been Colt McCoy. Like they had a closer sh- relationship with McCoy and McCoy. W- I can see jo- I can see Joe Judge and Colt McCoy having something to talk about over the last five weeks. Hint: the freaking quarterback situation. You know, <laughs> um. So, and then I, then on like on the Ryan Clark was saying like he shouldn't be uh, talking to players about free agency. It's like what are you talking about? Like that doesn't. What do you mean? Like so if. Evan Ingram comes into his office, but no, I do not talk about free agency. We need to win this. It's not a, they're not robots. Okay. Um, and it's just like this idea that Joe judges this big weird. I think he's an, a pretty normal guy. Like last three head coaches. Who's the most normal guy, Joe judge, Pat Shermer, Ben McAdoo. We, we've been saying that for years and I still think that's positive that Joe judge is a person who is social and, He's a human being. We were saying to the Patreon chat before the show, like one of the reasons why, like they, they asked us about Harbaugh, if Harbaugh wants to make a return to the NFL. It's like Harbaugh's not 
a human being. He's kind of like nuts. Um, Joe Judge is a human being, and uh, that not a reason he should be kept as a head coach, but he's a human being that you could talk to and players can have a conversation with. But all of this is distracting. From the main point from by Ryan Clark, which was the best point that anyone has made about this, is that it's judge him on the things that we're supposed to judge him on. Yes. You know? Now, are we in the building and there's things we don't, don't know? Yes, obviously. You know. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's a results business, and the results haven't happened with Joe Judge, and that is yeah. what you should. That's what you should. I'm so sick of saying no pun intended when we talk about judging Joe Judge, but no pun intended ju- when you judge Joe Judge is um yeah ba- the results they don't you know, score those points aren't good enough they yeah. don't score points and they haven't scored points in two years flat out that's Justin. the biggest that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing you could hold against Joe Judge is not the press conferences, is not the timeouts, is not the fourth downs, even though the fourth downs, and they can go hand-in-hand hand with scoring points at times. But the biggest thing is the dude and his football teams do not score points, and they haven't even done it in one game where we've been happy with the amount of points that they have scored. Even the games in which they win. That Saints game was probably the best offensive performance that we've seen out of Joe, out of any of Joe Judge's teams in two years, and it took him five quarters to get to twenty-seven points. Some people said Jason Garrett was the issue. He is part of the issue. And, I know, we've, I know. We've it was funny. This. It was you know the like the points per game with Garrett and without. It's like, well, come on, guys. Like, there's yeah. Do we don't don't make me explain this to you guys. Like, don't well, make, okay, don't so great. Ex- so we were we were 26, 27th in points per drive with uh with Jason Garrett. Now we're thirtieth. Okay, yeah, he was he was a real Picasso. Yeah. Well, th- well, it's it's the fact. I mean, we don't have the quarterback. Um. Yes. You know. That's right, still. Next- I will say. I, I will say. Final thing. There still is no excuse to just be this non-competitive in football games. I agree. We did. We talked about it at the beginning with the Mike Lennon stuff. Like it shouldn't be this bad. Yeah. You know. That's why. Like we went into the Miami game thinking, like, hey, they could score seventeen to twenty points. Like yes. And people hear that and you're like, what? But that's not shouldn't be a crazy concept of seventeen no. to twenty points. And again, I look look at Mike Lennon's games last year: twenty five points, twenty four points, ten points, seventeen points, fourteen points. Those are against some damn good teams, too. The Browns, the Vikings, the Titans, the Bears had a, a playoff defense, and the Colts. I mean, that's that's three, that's three, four playoff teams right there in the Vikings. Yeah. This is why I bitched and moaned last year. This is why we both bitched and moaned last year, all last year. The Giants' offense, this is not normal. It's not how an offense is supposed to go. And now I'm glad everybody's finally on board. You know, it, it, it what, when we were, when we were uh, maybe 25th, 26th, 27th in, in, in scoring, it's like, ah, eh, you know, I could see it getting better. But when we're 30th and 31st, oh, that's how we know we need to turn it around. All right. And dummy John Mayer freaking, once, and, and you made a good point the other day. I don't even know if it was on the podcast about how not firing Jason Garrett has us in this, in the beginning of the season, has us in this mess. Yeah. Cause if you like, fired what? Garrett, if you fired Garrett at the beginning of 20, at, at the, end of the 2020 season then joe judge can bring in his offense coordinator and if they fail then judge is unquestionably and undoubtedly fired and he's out of here yeah and now joe judge gets to go to john mario and be like man like you let me do this my way you said you're gonna let me build this right and let me get my offensive coordinator in here and and and, and john mario in a sense listens to him and thinks well he deserves another shot yeah which i'm starting to get annoyed by the word deserve because really nobody on this team deserves anything besides yeah. a handful of people you can say, like, I want to give them another shot, and I can see them turning whatever around. But really, besides a handful of people, no one on this team deserves it. Patrick yeah. Graham Patrick Graham deserves respect. Andrew Thomas deserves – Joe Judge doesn't deserve anything. You can, you can make the argument for him to give him a third year, but he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. All right, next question. Yanks and Giants at Yanks Giants 19. Who do you want to sign as a backup QB this offseason? So – I have a few names, but I'm going to give you more so a type. They got to be able to move, you know, like just be able to make some plays with your legs. Cause that, that's been apparent with Fromm and Glennon. It's like, you probably add 50 to 60 yards of games with just by having those legs. If you have given the same arm, the same decision-making type thing with, when you have a bad offensive line like this. So I, I have three names. Tara Taylor, Marcus Mariota and, and Trubisky are the three names. 
Which, interesting enough, Taylor's making the most money out of all of them. He has a 5 mil cap hit, but I can see him... I can see him being the cheapest out of all those guys next season. Uh, Mariota had a 3.5 mil cap hit, which is doable. Trubisky had a 2.5 mil. If you got those guys on the same... Well, you can answer it yourself, but if you got those guys on the same exact deals, which one are you picking? I'm picking Trubisky on the 2.5 mil. On the same... On the same... All of them earning the same amount of money? Yeah. I'm picking Tyrod Taylor. For five, uh, five mil cap? Oh, I, I, cap thought you, I thought you meant that they're all making the same amount of money. Um, no, considering how much money they're making right now, um, yeah, I again, this is a backup quarterback. A backup quarterback. Yeah. And I am not going to change my stance, even though I could be wrong. I'm still not going to change my stance from what you're changing in a little bit. I'm not going to change my... Slightly, where you're just you you just want a guy that's more mobile doesn't need doesn't even mean like has to throw the ball extremely well or anything, but I'm not gonna change my stance from I really don't care about the backup quarterback I really don't I care more than I did but I'm not gonna pay anyone five mil on no. with the way the currents are giant the Giants are currently set up with cap and and player I'm not giving anyone five mil no here here are your Three options mil, really I can I can get behind it but anything more than that I'd be like you're just you're investing too much in the backup QB spot because we were probably screwed. We're probably screwed with the starter, let alone the backup QB. But Taylor is definitely my favorite of those three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here are your options. Uh, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, and Cam Newton and Mitchell Trubisky. Taylor's so, my mean, favorite out of out of all those guys. Who? Ta- uh, Taylor. Maybe yeah, Jameis, but... Jameis would cost too much, I think. So yeah. Taylor's my Taylor's probably my guy, um, out of that group. Yeah, again, I'm just I'm not gonna switch my take of just I, I care about QB one. I care about getting QB one right. And if the Giants can prove that they're a team that can win some football games, then I'll get more invested in QB two as that security blanket. But I yeah. care too much about QB one and getting that right and also getting the rest of the roster right. Um, too much to. I know it's been bad. Agreed. You know, I, I'm not going to change my stance there. Where I, I don't, I don't care. I said it the second that Jones went down, and if Jones was out for the season, I didn't care about the season, and that still stands today. The closer, if you're close to a Super Bowl or a Super Bowl contender, then you should invest in the back of QB. I think. But a team like the Giants that isn't going to probably won't be even be a playoff contender next year. It's like, what's the point of spending that money on a backup QB? But also, you know. If the Giants are closer to being a Super Bowl contender, then maybe a guy like Mike Lennon and Colt McCoy, like you saw Colt McCoy was enough for a few games in Arizona. So that's, that's also true. the trade-off. That's also the trade-off that, okay, you're a Super Bowl contender for and you, and you need a QB too. Well, maybe you don't need the best backup quarterback in the world because you have a functioning team with a functioning system that can adjust. So that's also the trade-off there too. So even if the Giants, God bless us, if even if there's a day where we are somewhat relevant and competitive, I may not even care that much about QB two even then. Spitting. Next question. Next question. It's coming from Doug E Fresh. I also like to call him Doe. Finally got it right. Doug E Fresh eighty six underscore. One position I feel hasn't been talked about enough is tight end. Other than perhaps Caden Smith, is there another player on the roster you will see on the 2022 roster or are we looking at an overhaul? They cut Chris Mark. Sons of yeah. bitches. He'll be back on the practice squad and then sign a futures deal next week. Um, I think they were just making way because Farrell Cooper was out of uh, elevations. Um, so Caden Smith... Do you think there's any way Ingram or Rudolph are back next year? Because we we all like look at like Kyle Rudolph as you save five mil type player right here uh, by cutting him, but you can I can very well see this coaching staff being like, no, we need Rudolph back. It doesn't make sense, but I can see them doing that. And I don't then want Ingram. I don't know who's going to pay Ingram. By the way, he's not a good player. Like no, he's just not no. a good tight end. And the Giants love him, but he's not a good tight end. So like I don't see any team going and paying Evan Ingram a ton. No, I am very adamant on not bringing any of them back. Caden Smith, you know, because he's he's here. Um, but I think there's a better chance that Evan Ingram's on the roster than Kyle Rudolph. I agree with that because I think you can get Evan Ingram for less than five mil. You know, <laughs> it depends on if there's the same nepotism in the building. 
We might lose both the only the Jerry Reese players left on the roster with Shep and Shep and Ingram. I think it's it it it, it is likely and it should be likely. I don't think either are back. And I think they but then it's like what is the, what's the plan at tight end? Are you going to add someone free agency that like you can't go into a draft and be like, "Okay, we're going to get our starting tight end in this draft." You know, unless you're picking Kyle Pitts if you're the Falcons and you plan to pick Kyle Pitts. What uh what's our buddy Jake Ferguson up to? I've seen him make some plays. Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson, he's from uh Wisconsin. I was watching uh I was watching some Penn I was watching Penn State maybe I'm getting his first name wrong but uh I was watching some Penn State edge rushers and Penn State defenders let me see if I can get oh is he a college player right. yeah 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 I like Trey McBride out of Colorado State in fact I put him in my mock draft I like I like him a lot and I watch I actually watched Jeremy Rucker from Ohio State today I'm not a fan by the way I know I see people I'm not a fan what does he do really well he doesn't really do anything. He's not a very good blocker. It depends on what the offense coordinator is going to do. So let's 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 pin the tight end conversation for when the offense coordinator comes in. It's an interesting question, though. It's a very interesting question because I think we could live and survive a year with Caden Smith as tight end one, and then if we draft a guy, I mean, how many? You know, if we draft a guy in the third, third, fourth, fifth round, depending. I don't know if we have all those draft picks, but you know, third, middle of the draft, day two, right? Um, then uh. I think we can roll with that as like tight end one, tight end two. The young guy can maybe form up, see if we have something in a young tight end, and then sign like a a Jeff Levine, Swain. a Levine Toy Lolo. Forgot about Toy Lolo. Backup, backup tight end. Like, oh, is is he? Well, no, he's he's done after this year. Yeah, so. I mean, maybe they'll bring him back, but his his contract is done. But sign somebody like him for as your tight end three, and then that's your tight end crew next year. We've hit the final week of the pro football regular season, and we're emotional. And college football is heading into the national championship. Wow. By the way, DraftKings, people like that, putting George as a favorite is kind of dumb, right? Like, I know you got sponsors, but that feels stupid. DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to get all fans in on the action for this ec- exciting time on the football calendar. New customers can bet just $5 on any football to win their any football team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So let's wind down the season with a big win. Bet on Washington. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still find your ways to the winner's circle. <laughs> Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 on any football team, college, or pro and win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling poem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Speaking of promo code John Boy, did you see the video they posted where they were talking about like the British soldier, like you know, like the fake, like trampling over that kid? I saw the video. I did not see the commentary. You should listen to it because it's it's they actually make pretty funny, hilarious points where people were defending like, well, the kid shouldn't be there. It's like, well, no, a grown adult shouldn't just trample over a, a six year old kid because he's standing in his way. You're you legitimately fa- get arrested for that. You're a you're a fake like you're 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 a you're a clown like you are you are, what you do is fake, the, you know the 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 royal family is fake. You yeah, are, was that you was that like show. was that like the royal family in in Britain and stuff like that? Yeah, there are a bunch of dicks over there. Yeah, it's it's like you are like you wear the hat like they it was it had me laughing pretty good. It's like how about stop trampling over kids? Okay, let's not kids don't need to learn a lesson by some soldier just putting their knee through their neck and putting them on the ground. Like maybe have some type of compassion for a six year old kid. Maybe realize they're not that, you know what? Six year old kids are kind of dumb. Let's wow. I want to be a soldier. I want to be a soldier when I grow up and I want to fight and I want to be like you. Hi. No, but they don't fight. They just stand there with their hats and they look like idiots. No, but that's what a six, that's what a six year old says. Hi, I love you. <laughs> Freaking clobber. <laughs> Kids' dreams are ruined. You know what? Now I'm pissed off that that kid's dad didn't sock his ass. I think the, only the mom was there. Oh. Well, she better freaking file a complaint. Next question. 
Good for her for not charging the soul. Well, the soldiers don't fight, so what what would have what would have they have done? Getting they their ass whooped. That's what they would have gotten. They would have been like true. Dallas Goddard in South Dakota. All right, Mark, Mark Breer, Patreon member, shout out. Not related to the dumpster fire on the field. What's your favorite part about having a Giants podcast? So it does suck talking about the Giants this time of year when like when they suck this bad. Naturally. But if I was just doing like if I work for SNY and it's like go and talk about the Giants or something, you know. Or if you know, and like we love Patty, but if like if I had to do the Locked On Giants show where it's like I you do interviews like you just talk straight about the Every Giants. Every day. I would not enjoy it. But I love talking Giants. Like I love this show. I mean I, I love the show so much that I was I mean I was on the phone with Justin. We were planning out episodes five months from now. And we're planning like I enjoy doing this show and I and also like there's giant shows and you'll see in the off season they'll go away or they'll come you know, be here and there you know maybe once every like I love the off season episodes and we do two a week on you know like most will even though shows are consistent we'll do one a week I love doing two a week and I love doing the draft and free agency and I even love freaking June and July talking about OTAs and or and mini yeah. camps and the community like our listeners are funny they're you guys are involved with us you know not all of them but you know the the people that too so we uh have we it's it's a fun i i enjoy talking giants and i enjoy that we can laugh through the pain with our audience where i think if patricia train us or or you know ralph vacchiano with what they've kind of set is like what they do is successful but it's like if they started doing what we were doing they people would be just turned off where it's like we've kind of set that or like you know what we're gonna screw around a little bit yeah yeah i i genuinely i have a Great time doing the show, and I have, I have a great time, you know, sitting in front of this microphone three times a week. It'll continue to be three times a week for giant stuff over the off season for myself when we do bleeding blue, and you know, we have, we have a good time. And I and I know it, it's a very clicking on a podcast, whether it's YouTube or your ears on a you know you're through through a podcast app. It's an intimate experience, you know. Clicking on something for an hour and then sitting and, you know, listening for an hour. That's not, that is not an easy commitment. So I, I recognize that and I'm thankful for everybody. And, um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We love it. Next question. I love this question. This is the question I'm most looking forward to. Eli Wartman. What would be worst forcing judge or Abrams or Pettit on a new GM? Can I give you my reasoning first? Go for it. I think it would be worst to put Chris Pettit, and here's why. I have been doing a lot of reading this week. He, the, the, is the question each person, or is it that group or judge? I feel like it's judge or that group. I don't know. Can I change it into what would be the worst thing to force onto Go for a, it. Go for it. a new GM? It would be forcing Judge Abrams, Pettit, or Mara. Go for it. Like, hypothetically, we can yeah, get yeah, rid Yeah, yeah, do John that, because I know you got to rant on Chris Pettit, and I want to hear it. Okay, so Chris Pettit. I have been doing a lot of reading this week. I've I've taken the week to, you know, do some senior bowl stuff, bleeding blue stuff, but also GM stuff. I want I just want to get into it. I'm at that point. And I've been the common theme and the common thread is that these GM candidates that that we're probably going to be interviewing and the Giants that are going to have, I know Joe Shane's one, uh Monty Austin front Fort is one. Um, Steve Z- Z- Ziegler Ziegler from the Patriots. So a lot of these guys, they have implemented their own processes, their processes. Um, that's probably not a word. They've implemented their own people. They've brought in their own people. And it all boils down to scouting. Where, where they have started and where they came up was through the scouting, college scouting process. Now, is that a common thread amongst all GMs? Probably, maybe, but that's just something that I'm thinking of where I worked my ass off for 20-something years to get to this now GM spot, and I was a college scout for years. I was was a director of college scouting for years. I was director of pro personnel for years or player personnel because there's a difference between director of player personnel, pro personnel. And now... I'm going to have my opportunity to be the head of a football team and the head of a football operations for a team, right? And I'm going to be forced to have one of the most important positions that I came up in myself occupied by that person in Chris Pettit who has made glaringly terrible mistakes 
as the director of college personnel or college scouting for this football team. That is the person that I would most want out. And to back you up, Kevin Abrams should be fired. Like, he shouldn't be interviewed for the GM job. He should be fired. But I can handle him doing contracts because it's like, if they, like, hey, we want to get this player, make how can we make the contract work? Because at the end of the day, I don't think that's as drastically important as getting the draft right and Agreed. building through the draft. Because the Agreed. GM can say, okay, here's what here's the plan for what I want to do. You manage the cap. He can have a philosophy of, okay, I want to I want to spend a lot in free agency, or I don't want to spend a lot in free agency. That comes from the GM. So yes. Abrams being there, he can give his input, but Abrams being there and navigating the cap, that's what he does with what the GM wants to do versus college scouting. That is information that is being fed to the GM by somebody very important. I agree with that 100%. Now, they should all be fired. Um I'm going to answer the question as the group. It's the of, of judge versus that group. It's the group. I, you know, I didn't think I could have more disgust for you know someone within Giants land more more so than Jason Garrett. People that have been working for the Giants for twenty, especially thirty years. There's some forty plus year guys. I just have so much disgust for them right now. You know, it's just like you guys are really holding us back. And it's not even like if they like that's at one point some of these people could have been there good at their job, but at at some point at forty five plus years you're not changing, you're not learning, you're not evolving as a human being, you're not being innovative, you're just stuck in the same old crap, you know. And I just I just if you're a Giants lifer, I hate you right now. I do not like you. Like I never want to be your friend. I want you fired. There should this building should be cleared out after this off season or after this season. Should be cleared out. And what they're going to do is they're going to fire Dave Gellman, and they're not even going to do it as a firing. They're going to retire him, and Chris Ab- or Kevin Abrams is going to stay in the same spot. Chris Pettit probably will. And even if, and, and maybe Chris Pettit gets fired in a year, but he won't be fired this year. And all these little scouts will, will be left, and it's, it's just a never ending mess. And that's why I feel, that's why I feel hopeless. Because, yeah, has Joe Judge fought some battles behind the scenes? Yeah. But he, he hasn't got, he, he hasn't been able to clear the house. You know, they got to fire two scouts in 2020. Br- brought in someone help to help with training. But even though Ronnie Barnes is the head of, uh, you know, head trainer still. Oh, been been with the team for 46 years. They got the opportunity to fire those two scouts, and you saw how much of a doofus and a goofball he was the second he created a Twitter account and he decided to start tweeting. Yeah, and I guarantee you there's more guys like that. Doofuses you know? and So goofballs. the GM's going to want to come in here, and he's going to want to bring in his own guy. I guarantee you. If Chris Pettit came and interviewed, he wouldn't hire Chris Pettit. He's going to want us bringing his own guy. Yes. But there's going to be influence to like, hey, Chris Pettit, he's been doing this. He's going to do this. And I guarantee you he'll he'll stay. And maybe after one year it won't work. And it's just a never-ending cycle that we got to – I mean, we just it's just little by little by little. So maybe 15 years from now, we'll have the building cleared out of assholes. I'm so, I'm, I'm so just disgusted by the Giants organization right now. And I shouldn't be this – like – this much so but it's just you know like someone tweeted out like i bet you a lot of things are gonna uh are weird things are gonna come out about joe judge after he's gone and i requote tweeted and i was just so pissed off i was like yeah a hundred percent because all these fuckhead lifers are gonna stay in the building and we know they're a bunch of gossiping losers just a bunch of gossipers then that's that's another thing it's like you they leak everything and then the scouts are in that story are like, they didn't tell us the draft picks until right before. It's like, yeah, you want to know why? Because you guys don't shut the hell up. You, you've you all been in there for 40 years and you're just a big family that gossips. It's like, you know, it's like my aunt telling this to my uncle and I hear this. It's so frustrating. That's why I want Jim Harbaugh because I think he might actually kill people. Oh. And I think Jim Harbaugh is a, a good coach, but I need to look more into it. Um, Anything else on that? Tom Quinn. Fire, 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 <laughs> fire everyone. Seriously. And I'm not that, and you guys know me, by the way, too, my, our listeners. I'm not the fire everyone duh, 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 type No, guy. you're not. You've gotten criticism for not being like that. But it's like, it's just like, if you've been there for, and again, obviously, is there some exceptions? Yes. But for the most part, if you've been here that long, it's time to clear you out. Even if you're working PR. Confused, flabbergasted, upset Giants fan. That's me. Can we all wear clown costumes this Sunday? I think that would send a message. 
Here's what I think is that get your own idea, Giants fans. You're copying the Jaguars. I got so many tweets about that today. Get your own idea. And one, as a person who's on the internet, I'm never going to put a clown costume on. Not give, not go, falling for that bait. Get your own idea. The Jaguars fans rallied and they came up with their own idea. Get your own idea. That's what I'll say. No, Oh, the Jaguars did it. We'll do it. Be creative, Giants fans. I don't have a reaction to that. Like, why is it on the fans to do something or to not show up? Like, it shouldn't be on me for because I decide to go to a game to do something to get John Mayer's attention. What th- that that's not my responsibility. Especially, yeah, especially with three days left in the season, like decisions me are booing, made right now. Me booing the Giants. If that well, booing that, is fun. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. I'm I'm not much of a booer, but me booing the Giants. If that and if John Mara hears it, he'll really understand. If that's the thing that's going to click in John Mara's brain that changes need to happen, then there's a then. It's and I've not got hundredchange.org uh, uh, links for you. That's what I got for you. Not even worth my time if that's going to be the thing. The Giants aren't even worth my time if that's going to be the thing that's going to change John Mara's mind. Um, Jaguars fans are pretty hilarious, though. Like, I went through one of their tweets, and every single thing is the clown thing. Every single one. Like, not even not a one didn't either have a profile picture of the of a clown or a, re- a reply that had the clown in it. Didn't they uh, have, like, a two-hour show? Oh, something God. Today. Did they? And did they have a live chat? If they had a live chat, that's the funniest thing ever. I think you shared it in, in, the, in, a, in a group chat that we're in. You shared the video. Well, I like, shared. I just shared it because it was the most recent tweet and look at all the replies. Okay, but they're, they had like a two-hour show about what? I don't know. <laughs> but the team, the official team had like a live stream. And I'm like, what are you doing? They have <laughs> the worst record talk in the about? NFL again, right? What was that? They have the worst record in the NFL again, right? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna have. Uh, Wonder who they're no, gonna li- draft. Lions, Lions. Oh, uh, the Lions. Pro- yeah, the Lions probably still are ahead of them. I don't know. Anyways, who cares? Next they have the question. second pick, I think. All right. Um, Actually, read the ad. Yeah, let's read the ad. Cheers, cheers. You've been saying I've been drinking this big water jug. Cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about? Having clean and shiny balls all year round? Yes. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and balls, hear that Jersey accent, and make the ball drop in 2022 in the cleanest and sexiest version of your balls ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com, use the code GIANTS for 20% off plus free shipping. I want to say and talk about the Ultra Premium Body Wash for Manscaped. It solves all three for the perfect addition of your grooming routine. And it's great in the shower, too. I shower every day, and I hope you do, too. And I also shower with the Manscaped Ultra Premium Body Wash. Kick discomfort and poor hygiene to the curb this year and use the best tools for the job. This even includes... The Lawnmower 4.0, the Performance Package 4.0 has a bunch of stuff in that as well. So whether your resolution is to work out, I'm going on a little bit of partially why I'm drinking this big water jug is because I'm on like a I'm on like a little diet. So I am admitting to the world that I am on a diet right now. So whether your resolution is to work out or travel more to new places or to lose weight like myself, be sure to travel to manscaped.com for exclusive offer for 20% off plus free shipping with the code giants. Cheers to new balls in 2022. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code giants at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code giants. It's new year. No pubes in 2022 with manscaped. So I'm reading Twitter while you're, uh, reading the ad and someone yeah. replied to like the the request of like tagging us being like get dude let's do the clown thing and this jaguars fan is just going at it with snacks and he's like i guess god was a copy cat like he was basically just like like find your own thing you scumbag so i actually i'm on the jaguars fan side with that good by the way i was um also reading twitter have we noticed that joe judge has doubled down on his just flat out hate for golf Joe Judge? Oh, yeah. yes. Because remember, he, he's like, I'm not a golfer. You know, he says he's not a golfer. He hates yeah. golf. He, 
And and then he says, you know, no go- like he really hates golfing. I think we need to bring him back for three years, extend his contract with because of his hate for golf. Down. And then one guy who's always anytime I make fun of golf, he's in my replies. He's like, well, he clearly makes things up. So, um, like you said, he should uh, he should be uh, you know, so maybe he's making it up about uh, night liking golf. And I was like, if if he truly likes golf, like you say, then they need to fire that pos right now. All right, next question. Golf sucks. Texas Giant at Texas G-Men. Rank your top five Giant beat reporters. Five is a lot. Here's, uh, I have a question. Am I being too mean to Giant Insider lately? No. You don't think so? You don't no. think my like Colt McCoy-like thing was too mean? And it wasn't no. even me old takes exposing them. It was me being like, when they were like, like, oh, I can't believe that, you know, they would ever think Glennon was an uh, upgrade to McCoy. It's like, well, you guys did. And no, because they're, they're mean, they're arrogant, and they're tone-deaf themselves. So. True. The issue is that people know I'm blocked by them. So people send me screenshots of, like, Giant Insider all the time. Good. And so I see them, and I most of them I just, like, you know, laugh off. But it's like... If I'm if I'm if you send them to me in the middle of the game, which I know I just freaking you know open the doors you know the floodgates for, but it's like I I'm fired up during the games. I'm feeling antsy and I'll um so I feel like I don't people know. People don't like send anything maybe, to me, huh? People don't send anything to me. I would like people to start sending me funny giant insider screenshots. <laughs> I just I don't know. I just felt like maybe I'm going a little too hard at them. No. Right, I thought you were going to be the voice of reason, so I guess no, I'll go well, for it. No, I'm usually the voice of reason, not for Giant Insider. Someone responded, like, "What's like you're obsessed with Giant Insider. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of fair. Like, I do. I, it, it's fair. I do kind of poke at them a little too much. But I poke at everybody. Just them more so because it's very clear. We have a very clear, like, statement of uh, dislike for each other. All right, next question. Or actually, or should we rank the GI and Speed Reporters? I don't feel like doing that to them. You're going to get all... Actually, you know what? Let's be. Let's do it. Giant Insider number one. No, um, I don't know. I, Zach, gonna, Zach Rosenblatt's a, a very close friend. I'm not. See, I'm not letting friendships get in the way. I'm letting friendships get in the way. I still have Art Stapleton's chair. That's a, probably the biggest storyline heading into this Sunday. He called me evil, though. He did call you evil, but he did say that. I think. I think he said I was it was more from handsome. a movie. It was from a movie, but he was definitely pissed. Like he can't say that he wasn't pissed. He was pissed. He called me more handsome and cooler than you. I think. Yeah, I mean, we're. F- I'm fine with art, but he definitely he can't say that he wasn't mad. I'm more fine with art than you. Um, I may even grab dinner with art. Gonna ask I'll go him out. Doug and one. I'll give Zach two because Zach's still like. Z- now there's times where I think Zach just says stuff that will be a little baity, but I he for the most part he's one of the only people still willing to go at the Giants consistently. You know, Mara saw that piece that he wrote. Oh yeah, like a hundred percent of fact, he saw that. You know, it, versus the, the Ty, the Ty Dunn, Tyler. I keep on saying Ty. Ty the Tyler Dunn piece was just like about decisions, but. The Rosenblatt article was directed at Mara, and he got more pissed at that than the Tyler Dunn one. Three, I know people hate him, but Renan, he breaks some news here and there. Close friend? Yeah, he, he does he does good stuff, so one, two, three, four. Now, I'm Art. not putting him on this list. I still don't like him, but part... This is, this is how much the Giants have broken me. Is Pat Leonard a necessary evil? Because Pat Hanlon went at it with a former scout, and Pat Leonard was the only person to acknowledge it. None of the other beat reporters even acknowledged it because they know who they know that they have to deal with Pat Hanlon every day. Not not a single one acknowledged it. Now is Pat Leonard going to do clickbaity and stuff he doesn't truly believe, and in a sense, and take something and make something way bigger and be hoop super like uh, hypocritical? Yes. But part of me is like, he's almost a necessary evil. Because like, how did no one talk about, nobody on the beat talked about a former scout and the Giants head of PR fighting on Twitter. But still, he's down, like, he's he's bottom of the list. I don't know, let's just stick with three. How about that, instead of... Let's stick with three. And then Art. We got Art. Art four. Who would be five? Patty's, Patty's a friend. But then, I told you, we're leaving friendships out. I'm, I'm just saying who friends are. Yeah, you're just being like people who have come on the show. Correct. That, they, those are like the five reporters that come on the show. Yes. Is those five. And that is what I'm going to keep it at. 
All right, so if you want to make the list next year, come on the show, even though we really haven't asked anyone else to come on the show. We haven't asked anyone to come on the show. I will say, Zach's a friend, but his boss, I think, is the worst. What's his name? I don't know. Never met him. bother me. He's Darryl, like the one D- that Kadarius D- Tony would... Daryl Slater. Daryl Slater. The one Kadarius Tony boss? would make fun of. Not his boss, but like, he's not like, he's, I, th- I think he's above him. Anyway. Oh, can I, can I say something that I'm going to get confused at as the weeks go on? Do we have any more football questions? Yeah, go um, for it. We have two, we have two more questions. One football, one non. Scott Pioli is a possible candidate for the Giants GM job. I hope he's not, by the way, but I think he might be. I get him confused with Steve Pelotti. Like, every time I think of Scott Pioli, I'm like, Steve Pelotti? Do you know who that is? Do you know who Steve Pelotti is? Yes, he's another NJ.com guy. Yes, he's another NJ.com guy. So I get confused. I'm like, you've said some bad things about the Giants. Are you sure gonna you're going to get the job? So that's Word. an internal struggle. Next question. Let's go quick through this question, even though it's a serious question. Hot dog. What would y'all give in a trade for Russ Rogers Watson? Is Deshaun Watson still under investigation by the FBI? That's Watson is kind of the only one I would trade for because Rogers is just not realistic. It's not going to happen type thing. So it's it's Russ or Deshaun Watson. Now these guys, these guys like, and this is me being like, hey, I'm going to let his his process go out, and it happens. Nothing happens, but the, so but Russell Wilson's the realistic one anyway. So Giants aren't going to trade. So Russell Wilson's really the only realistic. I'm kind of out on that idea. You know, like if he gets traded to the Giants, am I going to be excited and say all the good things about Russell Wilson? But to me, I think the negatives outweigh the positives. I think we just have to end up drafting a QB one day and hope we get it right. Yeah, we're not the Rams. You know, we're we're not we're not necessarily a quarterback away. It, it would still excite me. The goal is to win Super you know? Bowls. Yeah, it's not the goal just to win nine games, ten games. And again, you could now is it impo- like could you trade for Russell Wilson and build a Super Bowl team within a couple of years? Yes, you could, but you'd have to be damn near perfect, man. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, look at Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. They've had talent over the years. So to me. It's and we talk about window theory and how important that is. Windows ninety seven, like Dave Gettleman will say, and it's like, well, you just totally eliminate that. And the age is the only thing. I the Russell Wilson age doesn't bother me too no. much, but at the same time, it's like Deshaun Watson is much younger. So, um, again, if they did it tomorrow, would I be excited? Hell yes, because we'd have our franchise QB. But at the end of the day, it's about winning Super Bowls, and I think it's just you got to get the right GM and let him pick a quarterback. Yep. I agree. Gotta get the quarterback right. I agree. Last I question. agree. Also, Aaron Rodgers. People talk about Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers was like a flat out dick this offseason and demanded things, and there was doubt whether he he was even going to come back to the Packers. So, you know, he gets traded to a new team, probably ones that probably one that he almost hand hand picks and hand selects. He's gonna come in here and dictate what the Giants do, not necessarily what we need. Um you're just letting your Aaron Rodgers hate seep through. I am. And also 2018, 2019, he was not, he was an average quarterback. And it took him trusting Matt LaFleur's system for him to take the stuff that's in front of him, get rid of the ball quicker, not being Mr. Do-it-all, do-it-all yourself. So not Aaron Rodgers is not a system quarterback. And he and he's going to probably be MVP this year. He won it last year un, un, undoubtedly. He has a very, very good system in front of him, but 2018, 2019, where he didn't trust his system and he tried to do too much, too many things, and also when he doesn't trust his front office, the dude is a dick. Sorry. I would take him in free agency. But He's not, not going to win a Super trade. Bowl. He's done. Not going to win another Super Bowl. I'm rooting for the Packers to win the Super Bowl so hard. All right, last question. Gerard Kagayat. Definitely not how to say your name. Uh, Justin, what's the best thing to order at the Candlewick Diner? The best thing to order at the Candlewick Diner, I don't care what time you go, it is the pulled pork eggs Benedict. Pulled pork eggs Benedict, hollandaise sauce is fantastic. Pulled pork is fantastic. When you put it on an English muffin, you combine them, it's wonderful. So, uh, again, this, uh, this Sunday, Snacks and I, after the Giants game, I don't know if it's going to be right after the Giants game. We'll, we'll keep you updated. We'll keep you posted. But after the Giants game... We're going to be going to the Candlewick Diner. So if you want to join us and you want to celebrate, regardless of whether or not you go to the Giants game, join us and we're going to have a great time and celebrate a great season. Great season. So we'll be back on Friday for, uh, by the way, the fantasy draft 
is freaking heating up. Danny took the lead. He's up by four points. You're 26 points back, so you know it's not impossible for you to for you to win it. It is heating up. And even the the spread picks, there's a lot on the line. The listeners are 66 and 66. Bunch of Satanists. Um, let's see if they can break 500 above or below. You don't want to finish at 500, but you just sure as hell don't want to finish below. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday. Please join the Friday episode. We're going to do some, we're going to talk about Joe Judge's future and stuff. So we'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue.